the Exec MBA Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. So in this episode of the podcast, I'd like to feature a recent conversation with old friends, uh, Jonas Porcar Ferrer and Bobin Patel. Uh, they have been on the podcast three times. This is their fourth appearance. Uh, we've invited them back to talk a little bit more about their ongoing experience in the Executive MBA program. Uh, lots to cover in this conversation. You'll hear uh, discussions about quarter six, the classes that they took, uh, Bobin's trip, to Europe. He went to Paris and Berlin as part of a global residency. Talk about Jonas's upcoming trip to India. He and Bobbin will travel together on that global residency. Lots to cover. Uh, hopefully you've had a chance to listen to their earlier conversations, but if not, go back and check those out. Uh, the purpose of all of this is to give you a fairly comprehensive overview of just what it's like to be an executive format student here at Darden. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Jonas Prakar Ferrer and Bobbin Patel. Jonas, Bobbin, welcome back to the podcast. This is the fourth installment of our ongoing conversation. Uh, I should note, uh, it's the fourth installment, which has to kind of mean that the end is near. You know, we've been recording essentially every couple of quarters. Uh, is that a good feeling? Uh, you've got, by my count, three more quarters to go. How's that feel, Jonas? Uh, I, I don't really, I can't believe it. Like, it, we're so close to the end, or we just, it's going downhill somehow, but I think we talked about this in the last episode that it feels like, I know it's it's great to be so close to graduation, but at the same time, it's, I feel kind of sad of, because this is, I, I can't believe it. We're, we're that close to the end. Yeah, I would, I would agree, Jonas. I would say it's bittersweet. We were just up there uh, on the roof deck, uh, had a happy hour, uh, you know, just networking with the people, uh, with the students in the class and, um, as much as work that we put in each and every week, um, you know, it, it all, um, you know, makes it worth it. Every time I'm come here on the, the on grounds and uh, talk to my team and my learning team and, and just talk to uh, students, you know, in my cohort. Uh, so it's, it's a bittersweet moment. Yeah, it's worth noting. Uh, it's nice to be on a roof in the Washington, D.C. metro area uh, here in uh, late September. Um, uh, we benefit from the the view. It, it still doesn't come through on the on the podcast. We are on the thirtieth and thirty fourth floor of an office tower in Northern Virginia, here in Roslyn, and uh, you can see pretty much all of DC from here. So come for a class visit, if for the view, no, for no other reason but the view. Um, so let's get started. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, it's been a couple quarters since we last talked. Uh, so uh, quarter six, quarter seven. So let's talk about what quarter six was like. Um, what courses uh, did you take in quarter quarter six? Well, we took ethics. Uh, we also took explorations in enterprise leadership and uh, FMP, which is uh, finance. Uh, and well, Babin went to to Europe. Yeah, so um, Q six uh, also had uh, while I was in Europe, we had ethics, uh, financial management, uh, and policies, um, as well as well as leadership exploration course. Um, and, and I'll, I'll tell you more about my experiences in, in just in a minute. All right. So, uh, should note, you've been hearing a lot, of, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know now that, uh, Bobbin has been to Brazil, China, and Europe. Uh, Jonas has been sort of steady here in the, in the U S <laughs> but his time is coming, uh, quarter, yeah. quarter eight, you will get to travel together to India. Um, before we really dive into quarter six, I want, I want to ask a quick question about, about quarter eight, the India trip. Bobbin, 
Are you excited about going to India? I'm super excited to go to India. Um, obviously, um, for a couple of reasons. I have family there. I was you know, born there, but and I just go back with this you know, great group of individuals uh, and be able to show them around and, and, and just to be able to hang out with them and, and learn more in the country. And I, I hear we have some great companies visit planned. So I'm definitely really excited for that. Yeah, two cities, right? Uh, Mumbai and Delhi. Uh, Jonas, your time has come. Yeah, finally. <laughs> After all these discourses, like staying here and hearing about the stories on, on the global, uh, like folks that were traveling around the world, like I'm really excited to be in India. I've been in Asia once, just in China, and never been to, to India before, and really excited. How did you pick India? Well, I've been to China before. Of course, I'm, I'm from Spain, so I've traveled around Europe. And Brazil was a little bit early in the program for me. So, And India is also a good fit for me because I work in IT and technology. And India, it's growing so fast on, on those fields. And it was a really interesting trip for me. Absolutely. So, all right, let's go back to quarter six. So one of the courses that you mentioned uh, that caught my ear was ethics. And, and Darden, uh, it's there in the mission statement. It's about training responsible leaders through transformational learning experience. Uh, responsible leaders sort of ethics is, is a required part of our curriculum uh, in both the residential program as well as the executive program. Um, Jonas, what did you get out of that class? Um, is it a class that you enjoyed? Was it, was it thought-provoking? I was really excited about ethics, and I remember in LR1, like we had this sneak peek on ethics with, with our first class, and I think that that was one of the deciding factors that made me really apply for that uh, to, for Darden, because it has a strong focus on, on you know training and uh, ethical leaders. So that that was one of the key deciding factors for me, and and you. And what really gives the, the course gives you is like a framework. Uh, so, so whenever you face like a business decision, you can take into consideration ethics. So you can di- dissect the, the you know uh, whatever decision you ha- you've, you've, you're facing or any problem and identify ethical issues, being character issues or related to codes of conduct, or think about the consequences or the relationships that may affect. So it's really you won't get. To, to, at the end of each case, it's not that you're going to get, this is the right decision. So, but you'll be able to ask the right questions. And it really depends on, on the, on the company you're working or on your personal, like, uh, moral standards. Uh, so there's no right or wrong at the end of, uh, specifically in, in ethics. And I really feel way more prepared to, to, to bring those, those, those issues uh, whenever I, I face decisions or, or situations at work right now. How about you, Bobin? Um, how do you feel like what, what you learned in ethics uh, framework, uh, the approach that you got, uh, helps you in the, in, the, in the work that you're doing? Well, Brett, if you look at the news these days, um, you know, you hear so much about um, ethical, you know, bad decisions being unethical decisions being made. Uh, and, you know, th- this class pretty much, um, you know, helps you become a much better, you know, ethical leader um, by providing, um, you know, we discuss so many cases um, in which we are discussing companies and individuals and, and the decisions that they've made. Um, and we're not, you know, we're not being judgmental. We're just assessing why did the person or the company took the route that they did. 
and then we get to hear from our classmates, you know, what would ha- they have done given the context and the circumstances, right? Because hindsight is twenty twenty. Um, so by understanding, you know, the context at the time and, uh, you know, understanding what consequences uh, your decision could have uh, and how others would view that, I think, just gives me a safe space to practice my decision-making skills um, before I go out and you know, practice that in real world in my you know, current job. So I think it's a, it provides a very you know, psychologically safe space to, for me to exercise that you know, uh, option. Uh, and you know, I loved the ethics uh, course. Um, you know, Professor Vicks did a great job in, in making sure um, that we had a nice cross-section of, of, of cases from you know, across the industry. So I definitely you know, loved the, loved the uh, course. You're right um, about the sort of lack of lack of judgment, uh, you know, sort of uh, trying to understand in the context. I think one of the things that a, a lot of people talk to me about what they get out of the learning experience here at Darden is it gives you a lot of empathy uh, for other people, um, how other people think about problems. When you read about protagonists and the and the positions they're in and the pressure they're under and they're trying to make decisions uh, with incomplete information, maybe it makes you a little bit less certain. Uh, about exactly what you would do and exactly what the right answer is. Uh, Jonas, has, has that been your Yeah, it, it resonates because in many classes you start thinking, or you, you prefer the case, you read it, and you think, okay, I'll, this, this is what, what I would do. But by the end of the class, like, oh, no. <laughs> I, was so, I wouldn't say I was so wrong, but, okay, this comment that this guy said or all this discussion, like, led me to, to think uh, on, on really completely reframe the, 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 the issue. And right now, I, I think I would, I would do the other, the opposite thing. Or, I don't know. So it's, it's really mind-blowing sometimes how, how really you can really change or, or just looking at, at an issue or a problem in, in, in from different perspectives and hearing your classmates talking about it or the discussions that, that were brought up in class really make you think about it and, and really change your, your position. Yeah, I mean, as Jonas said, you're you're just looking at the situation through a different lens and, you know, being under extreme pressure, how would you deal with that, you know, um, you know, uh, situation? Um, you know, when you when you have enough time, uh, you know, we all gonna make the best decision. But when you're under that pressure, you know, in, in those you know, situations where you don't have the counsel of others, right? When you don't have sixty of your other, you know, uh, students, uh, your counterparts helping you, you know, if you're the leader, CEO, what decision are you gonna make? And 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 you know, it just kind of prepares you, um, you know, for that real world. So you also took uh, financial management practices, I believe, at FMP as it, as it's known. Uh, Jonas, you had a course in exploration and enterprise leadership. Leadership, I can I can say that correctly. Uh, Bobin, uh, traveling the globe as he was in Europe, he had this sort of global equivalent to that course. Let's let's talk about uh, Jonas, the course that you had. Uh, very interesting one, uh, led by an economist uh, from from the World Bank. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. So, so far we've taken a couple of courses on, uh, economics and economy and, um, but we've been focusing mostly on, on like a mature, like advanced economies and thinking about how to model like economic growth in the short and medium term. But this, this course was really interesting because it was focused more on the emerging markets. 
and on yeah emerging and frontier markets and and which factors really determine the long term growth uh, of uh, in terms of GDP per capita. So uh, we talk about India, we talk about I mean different emerging economies all around the world and how they need to build like human capital. So it like education is a key factor, of course, like uh, technology. Uh, we talk about the, the growth potential and how can they sustain this growth and how like uh, the World Bank and other like multilateral banks support uh, this growth. But it was really interesting. We work in groups. Uh, we had to to work uh, on a couple of countries on different regions and study their economic evolution and, and the outlook in, into the future. And I don't know. Uh, I, I love the economic courses in, in the first quarter. So this was uh, really, really fantastic for me. And I really enjoyed a lot. Yeah. What was the big takeaway for you from that? Course? For me, f- I mean, for me, it was like the, this, this, uh, like, for example, the institutions play a, like having like a solid institutions, independent institutions really makes a difference in a country. Uh, uh, you, we see it in the news uh, constantly. So, and also like the, how important is education, uh, to the, really determines the, the, the future uh, of a country and how important it is to invest on that thinking long term. Which doesn't always happen. Uh, uh, our politicians sometimes think uh, for years, eight years, but uh, it's important as a country, any country in the world, that really needs to look at, into the future and, and really invest in their, in the, in, in having a highly educated workforce that really, and also that after, with that uh, research and development brings uh, new technology and that can give you an edge into the future and, and guarantee like a higher standard of living for your population. And so, Bobin, uh, as discussed, you were in Western Europe, uh, Paris and Berlin. Um, you were taking core classes while you were there. Uh, you were also having um, experiences outside the classroom. Let's talk a little bit about uh, some of those experiences. Um, what did you see? What did you do uh, while you were in these locations? So, Brett, talk about immersive experience and experiential learning, right? I mean, this this it doesn't get any better than this. So, we went to um, Berlin first, um, and we were uh, able to visit a couple of sites. So, we you know visited the Brandenburg Gate, uh, which is you know a symbol of uh, division of Germany and the country's reunification, um, and is Berlin's most visited you know landmarks. Uh, we were also able to visit Checkpoint Charlie, the Berlin Wall. Uh, the Cathedral Church, as well as the Berlin TV Tower. Um, in terms of uh, company visits, we were able to visit a design firm, which is owned by one of the top consulting uh, companies in the world. And uh, this uh, design firm, is they uh, work with multinational clients, and we were able to actually see uh, firsthand by one of the directors um, their approach to design thinking and how they um, you know, work with their clients. Uh, and to top it off, we had dinner at the Reichstag, or they call it Bundestag, which is a um, house of uh, German Empire in the you know, 1800s, uh, 1900s. And it's a parliament building. It's a very beautiful class building. And we had a dinner there and a lot of historical value um, to, to all the sites we visited. So overall, you know, Berlin was, was uh, amazing. And uh, from there, we went to uh, Paris, France. 
in terms of uh, sites, I mean, obviously we visited the Eiffel Tower, um, Arc de Triomphe. We saw the beautiful Seine River. Um, from company visit, we were uh, we were uh, really excited uh, uh, and really uh, you know grateful that we got to visit Station F, as they call it. Now, this is uh, Europe's largest business incubator. It has over six hundred rooms, thirty um, plus startup programs. And it's pretty much a, you know, a space for entrepreneurs to come and grow their companies, you know, acquire capital, pitch their businesses, ideas. Um, then we went to, from Paris, we went to a couple of miles northwest of, northwest of Paris to a small little town called Giverny. Uh, if you're into arts, you heard of Monet. He's a renowned French impressionist. Uh, who's in, inspired many artists uh, all across the world, and uh, this was his hometown. And we were able to see his his house that he you know he lived in uh, has a beautiful garden and, and a pond. So it was a beautiful French you know countryside uh, that we got to visit for about half a day. Um, and uh, we also visited a company uh, which is a travel retail company. It has over. 4,600 stores in 270 airports across 35 countries. Uh, we actually got to hear directly from the CEO and the COO regarding their uh, strategy and their business model and their approach to winning customers uh, in this you know, uh, very competitive environment uh, that they work in. Uh, and also for, um, for the ladies out there, um, we also... Uh, got to hear from uh, a spokesperson from Christian Louboutin. Uh, Christian Louboutin is a, is a very uh, high-end French uh, brand. Um, they primarily make uh, high-end footwear and high-end bags, and uh, they're they're known for their uh, signature red sole. So I'm, I'm sure uh, the ladies listening they they probably recognize the the brand. Um, and and we were able to hear from um, one of the spokespersons about their challenges uh, that they face as a company and as well as the industry, uh, specifically around uh, you know acquiring customers and uh, you know some of the uh, fake um, you know goods that's you know that they have they're encountering in the fashion industry. Uh, and, and we also got to hear about the the company and the culture and how it all started. So. Uh, overall, it was a, it was a great experience, um, and I'd never been to Europe prior to this, so it was really really interesting um, to to visit both you know Germany and France in terms of culture. Uh, you know, uh, I experienced a lot of a uh, lot of good things uh, because prior to this, I had only heard about uh, you know these uh, great countries. So it was, it was really good to see both countries and experience it firsthand. So I understand uh, it's it's Station F. Uh, some of the companies pitched to the students, uh, pitched to you and your classmates. You had a chance to sort of hear uh, some of it. it. Was an opportunity for them to practice, maybe to sharpen their pitches a little bit. Is it is that correct? Is is rumor true? Absolutely. Yeah. So I actually felt like a shark. It was actually really cool. <laughs> I felt like I was in a shark tank. You know, um, they actually had a couple of speakers. Uh, very very um, passionate individuals. You know, talented entrepreneurs. Uh, who pitched their uh, actual products and actual companies, uh, you know, as if you know they would you know pitch in a Shark Tank, uh, you know, if you're they were in the U.S. So it was really interesting to hear their stories and and their their beginnings and where they're going. Uh, and Station F in general is a, is a huge complex. Uh, I've never seen anything like this. Um, 
I think that that's the biggest, probably in the world, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and the amount of, uh, I mean, you see, you know, companies, very major national companies, you know, from Silicon Valley actually going there and uh, and helping entrepreneurs there. So, um, you know, it was very, uh, very uh, refreshing to see um, the entrepreneur scene over there that they're, they're really doing um, really, uh, the French government is really uh, uh, encouraging entrepreneurship. Uh, in the country and providing all the resources um, for for these uh, you know small businesses so that they can take off and you know become national and even you know multinational companies. All right, so that was quarter six, which brings us naturally uh, to quarter seven, present day. Um, it's an exciting quarter. I believe you're taking uh, marketing, mm-hmm. uh, leading organizations, or uh, in the alphabet soup of the executive MBA program, uh, what's known as LO. Uh, for those of you listening, uh, there's a whole world of abbreviations that potentially wait you in this await you in this program. Uh, we don't call it economics; we call it gym. Uh, we don't call it finance; we call it FMP. Uh, we don't call it leading organizations; we just call it LO. Uh, marketing is, I think, shortened it. Well, people still call it marketing, but I think it gets written out as like MKT or something like that. So, um, so here we are: marketing, leading organizations, and uh, an elective. So uh, your first opportunity to take an elective, you had the choice between negotiations and entrepreneurial thinking. Um, in the discussion that we always have before we start recording these things, you both mentioned that you were taking entrepreneurial thinking. Um, Jonas, let's start with you. Sure. Um, what what made you think like this class? This is the the one I should take. What led you to entrepreneurial well, thinking? First, I was attracted by Professor Fairchild. Which I've been reading about him, and I know one of the big stars here in Darden, and I wanted to experience what it is to be in class with him. And also, it's not that I have in mind like starting my own business right now, but I wanted to. I think it's a great course as an ex, as a entrepreneurial, yeah, entrepreneurship one hundred one. Let's call it like that, because it really drives you through. It doesn't get really deep, but it really. Talk to you about the sources of capital, how to choose in your partners, the importance of the vision. So it, you know, we, we go over different cases on, 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 on entrepreneurship and you can really get a taste of what it is to be an entrepreneur and all the things that you need to have in mind. And I've, I mean, it's not that I have something in mind right now, but it's something that has been that someday maybe I would like to, to try to be an entrepreneur. I've been in the startups before and yeah, I thought it was, it could be fun just to, just to just discuss that and, and, and really, and deep dive on that. So Bob, uh, same for you, entrepreneurial thinking. Um, as Jonas uh, noted, uh, Greg Fairchild is pretty much a big deal. Um, mostly because he was the first guest on the executive MBA podcast, but, um, in all seriousness, uh, last year, Poets and Quants, Professor of the Year, uh, the director uh, for uh, DC initiatives here in the uh, Washington DC, oh, obviously DC area for the Darden School, uh, and also for the University of Virginia. He's a Darden Darden alum, um, has a PhD, and he's an incredible, incredible person. Um, what led you to this class? Yeah, so I'd heard for about uh, Professor Fairchild from. Um, one of my friends who had attended the full-time program and, you know, he had told me that if you, you know, get the chance and it, the course is offered, you know, you definitely want to, you know, um, 
pretty much take any course uh, that's offered by uh, that's being taught by a professor in you know, a Fairchild. Uh, and I am <clears throat> uh, I I love entrepreneurship. Uh, although I'm not an entrepreneur right now, uh, this is something you know that's very near and dear to my heart. So um, you know, knowing that this course is focused on not launching the actual venture, but more about you know just figuring figuring out a journey, you know, potential challenges that. Um, you know, entrepreneur faces. Um, that that was really interesting to me. So, for example, today, you know, matter of fact, today we had a uh, somebody, a very uh, uh, well-renowned uh, Darden alum. Um, he's he's done very well for him financially, and um, you know, we had him as a guest speaker in a, in, a, in a Professor Fairchild's class, and uh, we were able to hear firsthand challenges that he faced early on. Uh, into building his almost billion dollar company now. So, you know, to be able to hear from somebody like that, you know, and then have a discussion uh, around, you know, what it took to get the venture off the ground, the risk that he faced and the, you know, resiliency that, you know, he, um, that he brought to the table and, um, you know, the deal-making technique that he uses. Uh, to me, these are, the, these are the things that I want to know, right? And I don't want to have to fail 10 times. If somebody's already done this, you know, I would like to emulate that process. And um, that's the reason I took this course, and I am absolutely enjoying it. So you also have marketing in LO. Um, are you enjoying those courses as well? Um, if I recall from our earlier, earlier conversations, not a lot of marketing in either of your, your backgrounds. Um, so uh, is that a course that stretches you? Uh, is, it, is it all new to you, Jonas? Does it feel familiar? I'm, I'm curious about it. Yeah, I mean, I come from an engineering background, and yeah, but it's something that you ha- I probably learned it the hard way. So so sometimes engineers, we think that, oh, yeah, marketing. You have a gro- good product, you don't really need marketing, but it's it's very gro- it's a very wrong idea. So, no, I think it's, it's, it's very interesting. Um, yeah, well, you know, talking about the classical, like the price, the product, the promotion. Also interesting, like how to, for example, how to value a brand, how to build a brand, what's the value of a customer. So I think it's, it's a very, it, it's just the first part of the course. We'll, we'll take the other part in, in, in upcoming semester, uh, quarter. But, uh, yeah, so far so good. Like, uh, the, the cases are really interesting. And yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm really excited because, uh, I work on business development and so marketing is really essential for me. And it's not just having a good product or service. It's just really being able to, to make it, making it attractive to my customers. So I'm really not just enjoying the course, but really applying what I'm learning. So it's, it's a big hit for me. How about you, Bobin? Are you enjoying marketing? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so my experience, my background is in operations and and you know recently in finance. So uh, marketing to me uh, is is you know was actually very foreign, and I was really intrigued by um, the different um, you know techniques that are out there. You know, I obviously research on my own, but uh, for me, just understanding you know how to go about defining a segment, how to segment a market. You know, how do you do that? What's the first step in the process when you have a product? Um, <clears throat> excuse me, how do you uh, price a product? You know, how do you capture the most value uh, from your customer? How do you build that relationship, right? So, you know, you hear a lot of these, you know, uh, big brands in the news these days, you know, uh, using this cutting edge uh, marketing processes 
um, I want to be able to understand the basics of it, right? So, you know, when I you know, do get into a role where I, I need to make those decisions, uh, you know, I want to be able to know the basics around, you know, how to position a product, how to segment a market. So things like that uh, really, you know, set me up for success, success in the long term. And so the other course uh, that we haven't talked about yet uh, is uh, leading organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, leadership is one of these funny things uh, where people sometimes tend to assume that it's just innate, you know, like, oh, leaders, you know, can you really, you know, take a class on, on leadership? Obviously, the Darden School, we have a certain opinion on that. Uh, we're a leadership school, essentially, if you look at everything that happens here. Um, what, what's been your experience? Is mm-hmm. this the second LO class yes. that you had? So this is the, the back half of it. Um, what's been the value uh, for you, Jonas, in this class? Now in this, for me, is this, in the first part of it, maybe we focus more on the, on the leadership style or what it take, takes to be a leader or what it, what, where should you focus? And this one is more about understanding your context. So for example, we talk about how to drive change in an organization, how important it is to understand the culture of your company or organization and adapt to it. Or if you want to change it, how to do it. We also talk about uh, different organizational structures and how, you know, how they affect really the relationships between the different stakeholders in a, in a company and um, yeah. And the different management styles that can apply to, to those. So it's, it's really practical and it, and it really helps you understand different dynamics in, in your company. And, and I think that they're really interesting tools. So back to your question. Okay. Of course, like some people have uh, like, so yeah, you can learn about leadership. It's not just something that some people are born with and some others don't. And it's really interesting to, to understand your environment and, and also understand yourself with, uh, we also done this, uh, so the, the different personality and how can you really adapt to, to your management style to, to different situations. How about you, Bob? And what's been the, what's been the value of, of this LO class? Yeah, so for me, when I chose Darden, and one of the reasons I chose Darden was it's focused on ethics and leadership, right? You know, it's that general management. Um, I, I do believe that by you know taking LO, leading organization, organization, um, it does prepare me to be a better leader. So, exam- for example, um, you know, in this quarter, as Jonas mentioned, we focused uh, a portion of the course is focused on the organization structure, right? And by understanding the different structures that are out there, and each company has its own structure, right? Hybrid matrix. Um, there is this new structure called holacracy, which is, you know, seems to be, you know, um, where some of the organizations are, are testing or at least moving towards. So prior to the court, taking a course, I wouldn't have really noticed that, right? Um, so for me, you know, for somebody somebody who wants to be a, a C, you know, level leader in the future, um, these are the things I need to know about it right now. Um, so I can observe what's going on in my organization. I can observe what's going on around the, you know, the industry, um, seeing what, what works, what's not working. And, you know, when I'm in that position to make those decisions, I'll, I'll have this a lens through which I can look and make, make a decision, um, confidently, knowing that I've assessed, uh, everything, uh, that there is to assess, right? So if, if I hadn't known about, or, you know, some of these organizational structures that are out there, you know, I would have, and I potentially, one could make a bad decision. So it, you know, helps you, you know, um, consider all your options 
put all the options on the table, and then you know make a very informed decision based on that. So I'm I'm very grateful for that course. All right. So that brings us basically to to current state. I want to ask you about the elective period, though, because I, I believe you probably already made some choices about what what courses you're going to be taking in quarter nine and ten, or at least you know that that's starting to take shape. Um, Jonas, let's start with you. Sure. Uh, what are you thinking about? You know, from an elective standpoint, you get to take you get to take six across across those two quarters combined. Um, what what do you have planned? Well, I have merger and acquisitions. So because I really enjoy this second part of finance, and we had this module on how to value a company, and I think it's a natural continuation to that to that course. And also talking about marketing that we were discussing, there's this trip to San Francisco which I'm enrolled. So it's marketing technology products. So I work in technology, so it really fits. And we're going to Silicon Valley. So I'm really excited about that. Also, I'm taking one in with Connie Dunlop uh, on, on coaching, uh, uh, which is, I mean, I was, that was one of my favorite courses, the, the one we, we did uh, with her uh, in, in the previous quarters. I'm also taking one in, in supply chain. I also, uh, I also talk about institutions. There's one um, with Giorgio's. Jorgas. Uh, yeah, Yorgos Yorgos, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, on financial institutions. And I was really impressed about how uh, this professor also in LR1. I'm really excited to. Uh, and also, I like that, that they, I, back to, to our, our EEL course, like the importance of the institutions and, and regulation. So I'm really excited about that. So I'm combining finance, marketing. So it's it's great that. In this final quarters, you can really like customize your darling experience based on what you've really enjoyed and what you're most mostly interested into uh, looking into the future. So I'm I'm really excited about about these next quarters too. I'm starting to think your entire class is going to San Francisco for this. Uh, I think <laughs> everybody like thirty people trip or something like that. Man, right? I must be talking to everybody who's going <laughs> to uh, to San Francisco for this course because I feel like everyone I've spoken to this weekend is going to San Francisco. Uh, funny story about that class. Um, you know, last year it was offered to residential and executive format students. Uh, executive format students signed up in such droves, they just decided to make it an executive MBA elected, uh, which is great. I mean, so you get to spend more time with Raj, who is uh, your marketing professor um, this this quarter. Obviously, great. Um, you get to be in San Francisco with your classmates, which I think when you go on that trip, it starts to feel, you know, it has a certain sentimental quality. You're all together, obviously in an interesting place, doing incredible things. Um, and I don't think anybody's ever forgotten a class that they've had with Yorgos Alianis. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I just interviewed a class of 2021 member and she was talking about how his teaching, uh, Safaricom made such an oh, yeah. incredible impression. Uh, you know, he's very, th- for those of you who are, we're obviously, you know, uh, describing something that's very difficult to describe. You should come, come and experience yourself. Uh, very theatrical, huge presence up and down the classroom, calling on people left and right. Uh, always a lot of wit and humor as well. Um, you know, might grill a couple people, but in a good natured way. Um, but fantastic professor. And, and he's, he's taught in, in executive format students for a number of years. So it sounds like you have ex- a couple of exciting quarters. So, Bobin, how about you? What do you have planned? Yeah, so for me, um, I really had, you know, <clears throat> did some reflection in, you know, in, my, in terms of my career and I identified some gaps 
Uh, and I want to make sure I fill those gaps, you know, with the electives that are being offered. So I'm taking M&A, mergers and acquisitions, which I'm really excited about, actually, because I never have done any work in private equity. Um, but as I, ta- as I you know, took FMP, you know, finance one and two, um, that's something I'm really actually liking it. And I work in finance right now. So uh, I would like to understand more about, you know, how to evaluate, how to value company. And, and you know, when you're thinking about acquiring a company or, you know, thinking about mergers, you know, how do you go about doing that? Uh, so I'm, I'm really excited about that. And also taking global supply chain management with Jonas, um, you know, having background operations, um, I think this just complements uh, my experience. And I'm also taking leadership coaching with Connie. I mean, I mean, you can see, right, you know, all, all the star professors. Um, so leadership coaching uh, for me is is, uh, is big because, you know, that's something um, that's going to stay with me long term. You know, quant uh, is great. Marketing is great. You know, those are the skills that you need, the, the hard skills that you need. But also, you want I want to make sure that I, you know, have uh, some tools in my, you know, toolkit that are also, um, you know, around, you know, helps me become a better leader uh, around, you know, leadership and, and developing those, you know, qualities in me. So um, I've kind of blended both uh, to make sure I have some somewhat of a balance between quant and, um, you know, qualitative course load. Connie Dunlop friend of the podcast, uh, was uh, obviously incredible. Um, she leads the professional advancement course, Jonas, yeah. the course you were referring to. Uh, one of the exciting innovations for our class of 2021. Curious y'all's reaction to this. Uh, PAC is now in quarter one. I saw them because I was here. I was around in the first residency. I saw Connie. Like, what are you doing here? Like, no, it's now it's a first uh, quarter like uh, course. Like, I think it's a great idea. I think it's a great idea. I think it was one of the comments around our cohort. It was like, I wish I had taken this course before. Like, it makes total sense because it really drives you toward your goal, like professionally, and you can really uh, build that along your 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 yeah your two years in Darden. Like, it makes a lot of total sense for me. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And so I think of Connie's leadership coach. You know, uh, Connie's a professional advancement mm-hmm. course as a as a compass. Um, you know, so prior to really, you know, getting, you know, hitting the road and starting your Darden full course load, you want to kind of calibrate yourself and, and, you know, have the the true north figure out before you get too much into the program. So I think having that up front, you know, make sure your compass is truly pointing north, uh, whatever your true north is. And I think that course, you know, does that for me, at least it did it for me. And I think a lot of the people I talk to, they have the same you know, sentiment, and they would agree that you know that that course really helped them define exactly what they wanted from the program, uh, what they want out of that you know the current uh, career path they're on, and what they want to be after graduation or even during the the uh, the uh, you know program. Maybe you want to switch careers. Maybe you want to climb up the ladder. Uh, maybe you want to you know just shift everything and just launch and be you know your your own venture, right? So. Um, that course really helps you calibrate, you know, uh, you know what you really want to do uh, in the next, you know, twenty-one months, or at least, <laughs> or at least, did it for me. Yeah, I'm excited about it because we know for all of our students, the decision to come get an MBA at this point in their career. I mean, this is a professional decision. This is in service of real career goals. And what better way to engage with those goals and to engage with your path? Uh, than to have that course up front. And it creates the opportunity to do sort of sequenced programming that builds from uh, that pack course. So we're really excited about it. We think it's a big part of the value proposition of the, of the program. And I think one of the really positive stories over the past you know, three, four years is the steady building 
of career-related support and programming uh, here. Uh, it's, it's about Jim Collins and Sarita Soltz and Kellogg Lelveld, uh, but also Connie and the work that you know she is doing, uh, leadership coaching that's happening, uh, the vision of Jim Dieter. It's all around supporting you know students as as you know they take the next step and ideally the next few steps in, in their career. So, um, so Jonas and Bob and I. You know, I have to say, I also am getting a little, little sentimental. Here we are in, in, in quarter seven. I'll see you next, uh, at quarter nine. Um, and, and the end will really be, be Charlottesville or here. Nine? Uh, we'll find some time. Well, some don't time. worry. Okay. Yeah. Don't worry. We'll find some time. Uh, but all that's to say, I have learned so much from what you've shared here. I, I am certain our listeners have as well. I'm maybe going to ask the same question I ask everybody. Uh, we're, you know, Getting started with the new admission cycle, uh, we've got some uh, you know, new applicants uh, working on applications. Uh, any tips? Anything that that you would share? I think that I've, I've mentioned it before, but I think that you a great tip for me is just to come come to Darden uh, for one of these residences in, in, in for a week and attend to to a class, so you can really grasp what it is to one of the uh, the case method and the dynamics of a class with with. Because I think that really is what makes a difference in, in one of the big like uh, difference of, of of this business school is that uh, it's such a great great uh, methodology, and and especially for 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 us for executive students that we have like uh, longer backgrounds and I mean I think that that would really will it, it was such an important factor for me just to just to just to just to see what the the, the case methodology and I think that's that that would be like the starting point come here uh see attend a class and and then just uh, think about it yeah I agree with Jonas. Yeah. Um, you know, there is so much focus on case, uh, you know, case method. I don't want you know, prospective students to get anxiety, right? You know, when I remember being in you know, in their shoes, you know, when I was doing you know researching MBA programs, and um, you know, I would say that experience a class. Talk to you know one of us. Talk you know talk to people who you know who have attended Darden. And reach out to Brett. Um, you know you have a lot of resources to really help you make this decision. Uh, but case method, you know, by far, I mean, I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, there's so much that I learn about myself and about my you know classmates um, by you know learning through this method. So uh, definitely recommend you know you reaching out and and you know. Um, scheduling a class visit so you can experience for yourself, right? And this is an investment that you're making, um, you know, both in terms of time and, and money. Um, so definitely experience that yourself. And, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm um, you know, hoping that you'll, you know, get a lot of value out of this. So quick plug for the class visit. Everybody who visits an executive MBA <laughs> class uh, this year uh, gets an f- application fee waiver. Uh, to apply to the executive MBA program. So a little bit of a material incentive that we feel that strongly about the class visit experience. So uh, for those of you listening who are on the fence, $250, uh, you know, if you're coming from Philadelphia, that's a good, you know, at least a little bit more than a, than a train ticket will cost for you to get down or gas yeah. if you're going to drive. So we think it's worth the time. Um, and hopefully that, that sweetens the deal a little bit. And it's not just the class that you can hang out with us. And I think it's really useful just to talk to current students to just to, because at the end of the day, you want to hear about, I mean, from like our experience, right now I'm talking of, of course, in first person, like our experience, 
and we always get these questions about how to handle, like how to, we combine our personal life, like how to, I don't know, all this juggling that we need to do. And I think it's very useful and uh, to hear about like, like current students to, to, to talk about that. I think it makes a difference. Absolutely. Well, thank you both for being here on the night shift uh, at Sands Family Grounds. I, sh- I should note the sun was out when we started. Uh, it is now dark outside. Um, this is uh, obviously a full weekend of classes. Uh, you're doing yeoman's work here after hours, sharing your experiences. Uh, as I mentioned, I always learn something. I know it's true for our prospective students. So thank you, Jonas. Thank you, Bob. And uh, have a great residency. Thank you. Thank you, Brad. And that was my conversation with Jonas Porcar Ferrer and Bobin Patel, two second year students in our executive MBA class of 2020. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at exec, that's E X E C, MBA at dart.virginia.edu. Until next time, thanks for listening.